Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 16 games left in the NBA regular season. The Bulls coming off a win last night as we record on Sunday morning. 23-33, and 33, that's right, tied with those Washington Wizards for the 10th spot and a chance to play in the play-in games. It's been super ugly. Larry Markkinen struggling. Kobe White struggling. The Bulls struggling, ending a five-game losing streak last night. Zach Levine out of the lineup now, health protocol. Who knows when he will be back. The Celtics up tomorrow night, and then they see the Cavs again. A couple games coming up with Miami. Ain't going to be easy, and who knows what's best for the Bulls. Missing the playoffs, moving up. We do our top five most disappointing Bulls moments towards the back end of the podcast today because this has been a relative disappointment after the trade. Bulls going south, so have some fun with that. And really looking at the trade, I do have a little bit of an overreaction, but I think I'm going to be proven right in the end. We'll see. Uh, Coach A, David Edelman, Brian Beto coming up here. I think you're going to enjoy this one. Thank you for putting on Windy City Podcast. It starts right now. Showtime. Marketing. A confident stroke, and it's good. Give me the hot sauce. Kobe White, two for 10. That doesn't matter. Vooch, the big night, 25 points. We're not looking at anything. We're not thinking about Zach Levine being out. We're not even looking at the regression of literally everyone on the roster, including Patrick Williams, who did play well last night for the record. Uh, But this is the Windy City Bulls podcast, and the Bulls beat the Cavs 106-96, improving to 23 And 33, damn it. And when you look at those standings, that's right. The Bulls tied with the Wizards for the elusive number 10 seed in the Eastern Conference. This is the race that we signed up for, gentlemen. I mean, Beto, look at this. Right back with it. Right there with the Wizards. Tied. Russell Westbrook, Kobe White going head-to-head. This is just like I I talked about this this Bulls-Wizards playoff series last week. We got Noach versus Gilbert Arenas going on. We've got Pargo lighting things up. The rivalry 
is renewed between the Bulls and the Wizards for, like I, like you call it, the elusive 10 spot. It's Victory Sunday, gentlemen. Let's soak it up. Coach A, when I was talking to you about doing this podcast, did you not realize that we were going to be on the edge of our seats to the end of the season? Oh, absolutely. We knew that this season was going to be excitement. Uh, from the first first uh, game of the season, I thought we we – I shouldn't say that first game. I guess the third game of the season, the first two are pretty pretty dismal. But I, I did think that the Bulls were going to have an exciting season and be a playoff contender all the way through. <laughs> I th- there you go. I think I, Coach I was A was trying to actually sell a real thing there. That, uh, you know, hey, this is uh, – look, there are now – I mean, at last night's loss for, for – if I'm flipping over to the real side, that was a huge – or last night's win. That was actually a huge loss. You had an opportunity to lose to a Cavs team who's chasing you. Zach's out. The season's over. You can't win that game. And then out of nowhere, these talented but yet dysfunctional – Chicago Bulls come and get a win. We did not need that win last night. We didn't need it at all. That's I. I who was rooting against him? Because I was. I kind of was. I kind of was there. I was thinking about it. I was conflicted, and then I tried to. You know, it was Saturday night. I'm in a good mood. I was trying to think of the positives, and I was like, "Hey, at the very least, this is the longest I've been in a season before I started rooting against them in like five years." Because there's been a few years where right out of the gate, it's like we just got to lose them all and get those ping pong balls ready. But on the flip side, last night was the first night I was actually conflicted about what I wanted the outcome of the game to be. You know, yeah, you want the guys to do well, but if for some reason Darius Darling went off for like 40 or something like that and they just they lost, it wouldn't have been the, the worst thing. Coach A, were you watching live last night? Were you having emotions? I was unable to watch live last night. I was following it, and my emotions were kind of more, more kind of finally that they win. At some point, they're going to win a game, so they're not going to they're not going to finish with the worst record in the NBA. And are they going to make the lottery or not? Are they are they going to end up with that with the top a top four pick? I don't think you can guarantee that. So I don't think. I'm not, I'm not necessarily cheering against them. If they were to get hot in these last 16 games and make the playoffs, I would actually prefer that. But the worst would be, as, as what you guys are talking about, is they go 6-10 and 10 to finish and somehow still make the playoffs, and then you don't even have a chance. You, know, you, you, you want to see some light at the end of the tunnel, I think in these last 16 games. Right. Being the 10 seed, winning the 10-9 game, playing the 7-8, and taking out who's ever there, that would actually be fun. I definitely would be – we would be celebrating on the Windy City podcast. But, like, being the 10-9, winning the 10 game or losing that game or winning it and then losing to 7-8 and then just sitting there with, like, okay, we don't have a draft pick. This season sucked. They have huge – okay, what's – how soon is Laurie Marketing going to be out the door? Which, by the way, I heard that the Miami Heat were aggressively trying to get him at the deadline, or at least uh, they at least would have taken him. So I'm wondering what the Bulls turned down, just on a, on a slight turn here, because are you all considering bringing him back? Because if you're not, wouldn't you just take whatever you could possibly get, as bad as it would look? Doesn't that make sense? There is, so this is, I, I'll full transparency. I don't fully understand um, 
the ins and outs of this, but from what I've heard, there is a little value in keeping him because you still own his rights per se, and it could much give you more flexibility in a sign and trade type scenario okay. with him this off season. So even if they were going to get like, let's say that he were offering like a second round pick, the bulls might prefer this cap level flexibility of a sign and trade than like, a mid to late second round pick that the heat would provide. So again, I, I don't know exactly, but I I have heard that. So maybe that was their thinking. That makes sense. And I love that you just took the value all the way down to if the Miami heat were offering pick 52. <laughs> I mean, it would be, it'd be roughly a 52 ish type of pick. <laughs> and then the bulls turned it down because it does give them better salary cap flexibility. Can we go back to the trade? And Beto and I have been battling this out on, on text this week, Coach. I'm not saying that it's the worst trade of all time, but I'm certainly not sitting there thinking that the Bulls got some steal. And Wendell played really well, and I don't understand why Wendell didn't get better here. And and I know that he doesn't fit in the league as well now, but guys like that historically I've always liked you're big enough that you can finish at the rim. You're quick enough that you can cover at the perimeter. You don't need the ball all the time. I like a guy that's going to go out there and just grab boards and be you know, a glue guy. And he had his disappointments here. I'm not saying that Wendell didn't, and he certainly didn't fit into Billy Donovan's office and maybe the NBA today. But like looking at it now, you've got Vooch, who's 30. You've got Zach Levine, who's going to be a free agent at the end of 2022 these are your two guys neither one of them plays d i think the dream on this podcast is that patrick williams turns into that third guy which he's very young but that does seem like a pretty long walk up the mountain right now so in in order for this to work you're gonna have to find a third player who's dynamic on the defensive end and can score on the perimeter just trying to put the whole puzzle together of how this is all going to play out, I am having a hard time seeing it. And if it ends up that the Bulls have the seventh pick in the draft this year, which is very possible, would I rather roll the dice on whoever that seven pick is? It could turn out that the Bulls lose this deal. It very well could. That's what I'm seeing. Feel free to yell at me. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm definitely going to yell at you on that. You know, We've we've taken a whole bunch of number seven picks, and I would rather have Vooch than all the seven picks that we've taken. So I, I I'm certainly I think that was the big question is because most a lot of people don't believe in Zach Levine. I think a lot of people just wanted the Bulls to blow up the team again and and almost do a full restart again. Uh, and I think if that was I think if that's how you're looking at it, then then you'll say, yeah, the Bulls lost the trade because I think the Bulls have just blown everything up and started over and go after Cade Cunningham and try and try and uh, start from scratch. But I, I don't think that. I think Zach Levine has proven to be a, a good player, and they've added another very good player. And now it's up to the Bulls to put good players around them and develop young players, which they have several young players in uh, on the team's still right now and it's up to Billy Donovan to do a great job coaching them so I don't think that you should look at it as all right the trade didn't give you immediate results and I, I don't like the trade now and you recognize everybody said this about Vucevic when the Bulls got him 
it's it's that I don't think there was a lot of people who questioned how great the trade was. There was not a lot of A pluses when you read the you know national experts or whoever does the the writing of these things. Most of them gave the Bulls a B to B minus. So there's a lot of people who didn't believe that bringing in Vucevic was going to immediately make them a championship contender. And I, I would agree with that, but it gives the Bulls an opportunity to, to go that direction rather than us hoping that four or five years from now we could do it again. And, you know, I think you have to have a, a little sense of patience of exactly what this trade is going to be. I think grading it right now doesn't make a, a ton of sense in, there's no way I, I can promise you this in two years. I don't think Mark Carmen, you're going to be saying, man, I miss Wendell Carter. I really need a Wendell Carter. I, I can't wait uh, to watch Wendell Carter of the Orlando magic. I don't think you're ever going to feel that way. Did you and, not see Wendell Carter come rolling into the United center earlier this week? Coach a, were you not in, what did he have? 19 and 11. The guy was unbelievable. Wendell Carter Beto, I know you were sitting there having love with, with Wendell Carter jr. Thinking, man, on, on Wednesday, April 14th, I will never forget the night as I pull up the box score right now. I will, I, will, I will never forget the night that Wendell rolled back into the UC, started at center, had 31 minutes on 8 of 16 shooting. He finished with 19, 12 rebounds. I cheated him aboard. He had four assists, Coach A. He had a block. He had a couple of steals. He was plus one. Is this real life right now? Are you really doing this? On a Wendell Carter Jr. Like, I like Wendell Carter Jr. I think he, he could be a nice player in the league. But he's getting all the usage in the world right now because the Magic are terrible. They have nobody else. Somebody's got to score. Freaking Michael Carter Williams won Rookie of the Year because the, the Sixers had no one else to take shots and then have the basketball. But he here's the thing about Carter, the other thing is we're sitting here and we spent the last couple of months talking about what to do with marketing. If we kept Carter, we'd be having this exact same discussion next year because Carter would be the guy up for that sort of restricted free agency. How much is he worth? Are we going to pay him? So at the end of the day, like I, I think it just made sense that they, if they weren't sure if he was part of the future to ship that out. And to coach his point, we keep having all these other seven picks and uh, not that that should deter us from thinking you can't get an impact player at number seven, but it hasn't worked out. And in finality of it all, it's, you can't, this trade was not made for this year. So judging this trade from immediate results following the trade, just, just can't happen. Uh, and f- so it's not like Booch has played bad. He's played well. Like his numbers are good. The team is just full of holes in other areas. And especially with Levine out, it's even worse. And AK Eversley, like they're not dumb. They know that this team right now isn't built to compete for a title. So they'll do their best to try to fill in the holes. And I think they've identified what some of those holes are. It's just, it's not something you could just flip a switch and do on one February deadline. It takes a little time to build. So I, I just, I, I urge if people are freaking out that the team stinks after the deadline, like don't judge the trade based on that. It's going to take a couple of years. Very, very balanced, logical take, but just let's rewind for one second here and, and underline that in the month of April, which is what? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. Wendell Carter, Jr., 
That's right, Beto, <laughs> is averaging 15.7 <laughs> points per game, 9.1 rebounds. He's shooting 54% from the field. Uh, uh, we need a segment every podcast called Fun with Small Wait, Samples with Mark Carmen. His... No, this is, this is Mark Carmen lives in <laughs> Chicago and, and, and nowhere else. You know, the Magic are like 1-8 in, in those nine games. You know, the only game right. they won was the Bulls. No, 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 no. They beat the Pelicans on April 1, Coach A, in overtime, 115-110. <laughs> right, they're 2-7, two and they're two and seven, damn it. And that, and that included a 1-2-3-4-5. I, I shouldn't have to add that up because, right. But that included a six-game slide. But it was against the powerhouse teams like the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, who Wendell had eight points on three of seven shooting against the Bucks with, <laughs> with with seven rebounds. Listen, I like to live my life in the past. I have a hard time going forward, and all of a sudden I miss Wendell Carter Jr. That's most likely for me to look into the mirror and figure out why I'm having such a Wendell Carter Jr. loss moment right now, but I, I don't know if the Bulls move forward correctly. I think, look, you guys are saying the seven pick. Okay, let's go look at last night. Would you rather have Colin Sexton going forward, or would you ra- uh, or would you rather w- Vooch? Sexton went eight in in twenty eighteen. Shea Gilgis Alexander went eleventh. There's players that have are, are already there. The Bulls just don't draft them. Just because we've sucked at, at picking at seven, maybe these guys won't. They certainly did. I think we like to believe they did well at four last year. You go back, you know, you go back the year prior. You had Donovan Mitchell, Bam Adebayo, on thirteen and fourteen. Maybe in theory, I would bet on one sample size, small sample size, Beto, that they actually know what they're doing in the draft. So I feel like there's a lot of pressure on, even though there's no one in the United Center right now, I think there's a certain level of pressure on Eversley and Carney Chauvis to win sooner than later because they've been so bad for so long. And I, and as be, as much as this has sucked, I don't want them to ra- try to race to the finish line. Do what you think is right. And maybe they did, but that should be the philosophy. I think we actually probably are all in agreement on that. Absolutely, and and I don't think it's wrong for people to be disappointed, you know, which we'll probably talk about. Or I don't think it's it's wrong to have a critical eye on the trade still at this stage of the game. Where I would tell you what you talked about with the number seven pick or or, or drafting a young player, the Bulls next year, the Bulls have three new players on the team right now, and that is Troy Brown, Kobe White and Patrick Williams. All three of those players have to be different players than they are right now. They're all young players. Troy Brown was a first-round pick uh, that we were able to get. We said, all right, we don't like Chandler Hutchinson. We're going to take our chances on on Troy Brown. Kobe White, Kobe White showed a lot of flashes last year. He even has shown flashes through different times this year. He's not as bad of a player as he's played on certain nights. And that's going to be a very important piece for this team. And Patrick Williams has to be a much better, different player too. So the Bulls have three young players on the team right now that next year you could look at as new players. And if they do happen, now that Laurie Markkinen has made his uh, you know, contract level potentially, look, Laurie Markkinen didn't sign with the Bulls because he didn't want – 12 to 15 million, I'm sure. My guess is he was looking for 20 million or so. So now he might Idiot. be worth 8 million. 
now, right? He he may be worth eight million now, uh, eight to ten million, and the Bulls may take that flyer. That's why Beto's right. You know, a team that says, you know what, we really do want him. They may give up more than the second round pick. They may give up a young player that they don't love or doesn't fit in their system right now so that they can have the sign and trade rights to market him so they can make sure to match what anybody else does because they're committed to having a player like him. So there's still a lot of there's still a lot of room for that and the Bulls are also going to get whether it's one or two other new players because they're going to have 20 million dollars in cap space and maybe a uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is coming here who sadly we had in our pockets four years ago when the Bulls didn't recognize the talent that was sitting right in front of them. That takes talent to not recognize the talent, by the way. Well, that team was just loaded, though, right? They were just so (laughs) good. They just didn't have a spot for them. Did you – I want to go back to marketing. Did you watch – Beto, did you watch the postgame last night with him? Say yes. No. Okay. All right. I, I, no, okay. I didn't right. watch the right. post game. Well, this underlines how pathetic. Give us the marketing voice. Okay. Let's go. Let's well, get your- I'm waiting for it. Well, I, this just underlines how pathetic my life is that on a Saturday night, I have nothing better going on than to sit there and watch the Laurie marketing post game after a win over the Cavs. I really, I mean, seriously, Carmen, read a book, do something. I flipped, I flipped the Celtics Warriors. It had the great finish right after the Bulls game, but maybe I should have stuck uh, out for, for Laurie there. Well, you, you, it, well, it was interesting, like, you know, the, you know, Hey, Larry, Adam, and Stacy here. Maybe I can find the cut and, and put it in on the back end here. You know, this is just uh, you know big night for you. Six to 12, 16 points. You had some crucial shots. Hit that big three uh, that really sealed the victory. It's just a matter of me getting up. Up. This is not the voice either, but uh, of getting opportunities. He put it on opportunities, dude. Dude, look in the mirror. Hey, guys. I've been really disappointed in my play when I shot one of seven versus Memphis. I couldn't uh, actually combining in the two games. I was one for 10 and couldn't make a shot. It's been a challenging year for me. I have not helped the team enough. Honestly, I'm just trying to look in the mirror and finish as strong as I possibly can to help us get wins and help us get in the playoffs. And I'm glad that I was able to contribute tonight. He's all hot and bothered that he's not starting, that he's not getting the ball. Whatever excuses are going on in his mind that he thinks the grass is going to be greener somewhere else, they are all flowing out of him. I didn't like it. I did not like it at all. And and I wonder how much Kobe White's doing the same thing. Dude, you lost your starting job. It wasn't taken from you. You lost it. And you lost it to Thomas Sadoransky. So that's a problem. And you need to look in the mirror. It ain't, it ain't like uh, this, you know, young stud point guard was there that was pushing you. You lost it to an aging veteran who's a backup all day and is not good. So these guys, there's, there's so the comes hitters. The comes hitters. It's Chili Davis's fault. It's Joe Madden's right, fault. Right. Right. Sixty games fault. You I, know. I mean, can we get a look in the mirror here? When somebody, when you get, when you get diminished in your role at work do you blame your boss or do you actually start working harder and try to prove him wrong and maybe they are but i i and and maybe he just knows the writing's on the wall and he's so angry at the bulls for a million things and he's probably he's probably thinking you stuck me here with jim boylan and 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 whoever and fred hoiberg and and now i've got a guy who for whatever reason is, is is screwing me over to it maybe he's got all this going on but i 
accountability helps in this world. That's all I'm saying. I mean, you know how I feel about those guys. I think the marketing situation is interesting, too, because they don't really even know what to do with them now, right? He's seeing time at, like, the three because they have a bunch of their best players are all outside of Levine are all in the front court. So they're still trying to get them minutes, and it's just not working. The the Kobe White situation, I would think, is a little bit different. Hey, because he hasn't really made it known that, like, oh, I it's not his fault. He just I, – I think he's shown flashes. And I and while we rag on him, and I do it as much as anyone, I still – like, I think he's going to be a good player, and he's got flashes. I think sometimes he's just not always put in the best position to succeed because they have to – they have them facilitating because they have no one else to do it. So I think if they find someone that can be that point guard, it, it'll allow him to maybe take the pressure off of him and A, let him do what he's really good at, and B, he's going to develop in other parts, as as Coach said. So at least I, I like see that. Just the, I don't know, the, the marketing thing is, is one thing. And I, I think the other thing, just to, to shift a little bit, is I know this is maybe a small part of this year, I would love to see them give a little bit more minutes to Troy Brown Jr. to figure out, yeah, maybe to help him defensively this year, but figure out, is this a guy that we can have in our rotation consistently next year? He seems to kind of fit because they have so many offensively inclined players to have a wing that can play tough defensively. Seems to like it would be a good complimentary piece. So I'm curious how the, the puzzle pieces to go together with, with those couple of guys oh, next year. 100% with you. Play Troy Brown. Let's see. Let's see what he does. I I, I, totally, I totally agree with that. And and he's shown some things that you like. He does play hard mm-hmm. defensively. He cuts. He's got good size. Like I said, he was a first-round pick. It's not as if this guy was some second-round pick. He, he was the Wizards' first-round pick a couple of years ago. And, you know, with Westbrook and Beal, they're kind of a different team in that in that sense. So I would like to see the Bulls play Troy Brown a lot and see what he gives see what he gives them. And that's why I say the Bulls have three players next year that I expect to be different players than they were this year. And do you re- if that's the case, they'll be a lot better. Do you really expect them to be different players? Like I absolutely I, okay. I mean, I want Troy Brown to play, but small sample size, Beto. What I've seen so far. He looks like a rotational guy. Like he's not, you know. I think he's gonna. And I, I listen. I, I'm pro. Play Zach at the one. Play, play him next to Troy. Let's see how that looks. You, you have no point guards. I don't mind Zach Levine with the ball in his hand more and having a little bit of an inclination to get guys involved too. That's putting a lot on his plate and and uh, maybe unfair, but. Like, I'd like to see how that looks, at least, as we're trying things out at the end of the season, although, obviously, Levine's not going to be playing for a while, and that gives Brown more minutes. But he doesn't – I don't know. He's not jumping off the page. I think there's there's part of the reason why he was given up for what he was given up for. But I, I'm not saying he can't be a rotational player, but I don't, I don't have huge expectations, Coach A, that he's going to turn into, you know, anywhere close to a bona fide NBA starter. Maybe I'll be wrong. Well, well I, you know, I'm not saying a bona fide NBA starter, but – Let's develop in, him into Garrett Temple. He's got the player that you would like him to be right there as a younger player. Uh, if he could be Garrett Temple, which is at the end of the games, all right, you're going to guard the other team's score. You're going to guard Devin Booker, and you're going to make it hard on Devin Booker to score, which is what people forget, like, what Garrett Temple did in that first half of the season. Garrett Temple in the first half of the season was tremendous defensively. And 
I would love to see can Troy Brown be that type of player and then hit some jump shots. You know, he's going to have to improve his, his jump shot where when he gets a shot, like when Garrett Temple gets an open jump shot, you're not like, all right, he's missing that. Right. Especially early in the year. Mm-hmm. Really early in the, early in the season when he, when he was playing well for the bulls, when Garrett Temple got an open shot, I'm not telling you when he was making moves into a shot, he like, you know, step back into a shot or he's dribbling around and into a shot or wasn't open. Yeah. I don't think that those are going in. He's not like Zach Levine or a guy who's going to make those shots, but open, he's standing in the corner, ball is swung to him in a corner shot. Yeah. I felt like Garrett Temple was going to make that shot. And I bet his percentage was probably pretty good on those types of shots. We need Troy Brown to develop into that. We need Kobe white to develop into the player to show us those flashes more consistently because there have been times last year, this year, where he can score 10, 12 points in a four-minute span. He can get really hot, and some of it is even him creating those shots. And then Patrick Williams, 100%. He's got to be a, a way better player than he is right now. He, he surprised everybody with how NBA-ready he was to contribute, but he's got to go from a contributor to someone you can count on. I love the, my favorite part of what you just said, Coach A, was that people forget about what Garrett Temple did earlier this year. Like, if you, Garrett Temple's <laughs> Q, Q rating in this city right now is it negative thousand? Like, if he, <laughs> I love Garrett. That was I, a nice underrated signing, though, wasn't it? They didn't have much this. cap space. I, it, it it was a good signing. It speaks yeah. it speaks to Coach A's bat. It's why he's Coach A because that's just a winning player. It shows the type of guy that Coach A wants to have on his team. Give me the gritty grime. Yeah, the, uh, you win with that guy. He's un, unsung hero, Garrett Temple. But that people may forget about Garrett Temple's contribute. Yes, they will. They will absolutely <laughs> if they if they knew of him or remembered him in the first place. Right? Who the hell is Garrett Temple? Well, next year I'll be comparing Troy Brown to Garrett Temple all the time. I mean, I think it's a great cop too. <laughs> you won't ever let us forget it ever. I'll not, not do, let you ever forget. That's you, my, that is my guy. Do you remember last November when Garrett Temple came off the bench and he had that huge stop and put up eleven against the Utah Jazz? That. <laughs> Wait a second! You're the guy last week talking about Elston Turner. Yeah, and how you yes, loved exactly. how he got out. I know exactly. So now, now, now you don't like Elston Turner. No, 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 no. I like What's Garrett. Going on? I like Garrett Temple, and I love Elston Turner. And and this, this is the beauty of this moment. Uh, be, but uh, you called him ET. You didn't even call him Elston Turner. You called him ET. E. Like everyone so on this good. podcast well, knows who ET would have been. He didn't, <laughs> And now I'm getting killed for the Q rating. There's no, there's no, GT. there's no killing. It's underlining your brilliance. It's, 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 it's straight genius. As was ET last week. People, people, listen. If you listen to this damn podcast, you're going to remember Garrett Temple. If, if, if nothing else, right, Beto? Um, yeah, I'll never forget him. <laughs> I literally, never. I'll never forget him. Like if somebody, if somebody like tweets out ten years, name a random bull. I'm not going to put Garrett Temple because it's not random to me because he's always going to be ingrained in my heart. Oh God, this is we we got to get Garrett Temple on the show. Can can we get that done? I don't know if we can get that done. The Bulls don't. I, I'm 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 all for not bringing back Garrett Temple because I want Garrett Temple to go where he can win a ring. There let's, we go. Let's throw him on like the Clippers next year or the Nets 
Reun- <laughs> reunion with the Nets. Let's get this guy right. When Garrett Temple is standing on the scorer's table at the Barclays Center, we'll all be we'll all be sitting here proud and say we knew that this was coming for Garrett Temple. <laughs> I'm I'm stunned that the I'm stunned that the Nets didn't ask the Bulls to buy him out. Yeah, right, right, right. right. <laughs> Co- Coach A's pretext uh, before the show was talk about our biggest Bulls disappointments, players, games, moments in lieu of the disappointing results after the trade. It has it hasn't been great. Vito, do you want to go here? Because uh, I have I've been. I was I was already on my walk this morning doing a great show by myself on the sidewalk on this topic. So um, I, I can start, but I feel like I should bequeath uh, the, the floor to to someone here. Hey, this is this this year, right? Because otherwise, we can spend three hours oh, I, talking through this. I, no, no, this is this is no, this is. Uh, I'm in an all throughout. I'm in an all time moment here. Oh, okay. Well, then I, I have some ones what, here. What I have some thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it definitely this year is definitely not one of the biggest disappointments. So I'm just expediting past that. My two probably but the biggest disappointing season I would say and this is probably going to be like, oh yeah, that was bad. It was like I want to say it was 07 after they'd beaten the Heat in the playoffs. They swept them after the Heat had won the title or I guess it would have been 08, 07, 08. And everyone was like, oh, they have a chance to actually come out of the East. And after they lost to the Pistons the year before, and they were just brutal. And I think Skiles got fired on Christmas or something like that. That was bad. But my two biggest probably disappointment was, and they're both losing to the same player, is 2011 after winning game one, losing four straight to the Heat. After I thought after game one, we're doing it. This is the year. Obviously, Derrick Rose going down is disappointing for different reasons the next year. And then 2015, just, just, oh, just if LeBron misses that shot from the corner, maybe we, maybe we win in overtime, go up 3 1, two days after Derrick hits the bank game winner. So those are like ones that just stick out to me. Like those were good seasons, but those stick out to me as like what if moments, probably more than anything else. That 2015 one. I was at game three on the Friday night. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was in a, as high up in the United center. You could be in the, in the press box. And I, I was ju- I'm the least professional guy ever. I'm jumping up and down after the Rose banker. And like, I was, I, I think I, I think I hugged you're the, you're the press box guy. Yes. I, jumping I up and down. I think I hugged Phil Myers, which nobody's going to know, but that's just a <laughs> random media guy. It was like, what the fuck are you doing? Hugging me? Like you're a professional. No, I'm not. Which takes me back by the way, Beetle, you'll love this. When I, one of my first paying gigs was for the sports ticker. You would sit on a telephone at the top of the Wrigley field press box and talk to some random person on the other end. And you'd say ball one yeah. strike, strike one. Bruce Levine got me this gig and it's 98. And I think they're it's an, in the ninth inning. They're either down one, nothing, or it's a tie game. And Brant Brown hits a walk off and I jump up while holding the phone in the back of the, <laughs> <laughs> like sit down because I love I loved Brant Brown I I I had we had, it was the show was the naked truth about sports that I was working on at the time with the great John Cohn and Seth Marks and we had these yellow ridiculous yellow and black uh, like v-neck jerseys and Brown had come on the show and so I brought him this jersey and he hung it in his locker 
So this 92.7 random the bear show, Brant, like our jerseys next to his Cubs 37 is naked truth about sports. We, I was so, I was so proud. This was like the greatest. He, he had a good year too. People he, always remember the the one play at the drop, but like he he, he did he did he was he was good. I loved Brant Brown. Uh, and they brought him. They, he we traded him for John Lieber, so who actually was really good for us. Wow. So. He he had some value. They thought they had some value too. Solid player. Yeah, I mean, left-handed hitter could play center, could play left, could play right. I did not realize that we got John Lieber for him. That's kind of amazing. But so that you know, they rewinding back, I'm jumping up and down. My girlfriend at the time is is uh, in the 300 level with her sister. They're going. This is nuts. Spicy Girl, right? I don't do spicy. This no, isn't her, right? That's not, it's not Spicy Girl. She <laughs> she never Spicy Girl never. Not the long arm. Spicy not Girl. The long arm. Yeah. Spicy Girl. She wouldn't have the grit to sit in the 300 level. Spicy Girl. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, but then, and then su- Sunday afternoon, I don't, I, I, I was hosting on, on GN, so I don't get to go to the game and I'm in the studio is like, right as the show is starting and LeBron hits the corner shot. And I think, I think Sam Panionovich was hosting with me that day. And, and we started the show. He's like, he's just looking at me. He's like, you're unable to do the show. You're completely despondent. I'm like, I'm like, dude, that's it. They're like. Tibbs, Tibbs is gone. The whole thing's about to end right now. Like that was their last chance, and and it was. It was. They 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 lose a tough game five. They get ki- they get killed in game six. Tibbs waves as he walks out of the building, and and death has has, has come to the Bulls since then. Really, outside of the when mm-hmm. they went, went up two zero with when Rondo was healthy and that that team actually had a shot, but that was that that was a, that was the ending. That was a, that was a brutal 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 loss. Okay, I feel better now that. Uh... Well, I, 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 um, you know, I, well, what Beto talked about for sure when they lost to the Heat that year after winning Game One and winning Game One in resounding fashion, and we're base and we're winning every game of that series. I believe every game of that series they were winning in the fourth quarter. Yep. And this mm-hmm. goes back. This is this is this is probably the reason why, you know, Carm and I why we're doing the podcast together is I talk to Karma a ton about Thibs and I'm a Thibs. I was a Thibs fan, but I was not a fan of how he played Derrick Rose in that series. And I, I thought, I thought, or not, not, and not even in that series, I thought in the playoffs altogether, I thought Thibs did not do a great coaching job with that team. And I think that team should have won the NBA championship. I'll say that forever. I believe that team should have won the NBA championship. The one thing that they did differently from what he did all year, and and we'll talk about another two initial guys, C.J. Watson. Every game in the regular season, C.J. Watson started the fourth quarter. Every game. And they always took Derrick Rose out to start the fourth quarter in every game during the regular season. And, Fibs being who he was, it wasn't like I'm going to take Derrick Rose out and he's going to sit for six minutes. It could vary. There are some games Derrick would sit for two minutes. There are some games he would sit for four minutes. Some games he'd even sit for six minutes for the rest of the game because the Bulls would blow a team out. Maybe not the rest of the game. Fibs would never sit on the rest of the game, but they would blow a team out. And then they got in the playoffs. And even against like the Atlanta Hawks in the first round, 
all of a sudden, C.J. Watson doesn't come in to start the fourth quarter. Derrick Rose would start the fourth quarter. And I thought he wore Derrick Rose into the ground, and people talk about LeBron guarded Derrick Rose. LeBron was not guarding a fresh Derrick Rose. And I, I think a lot I, – I really believe that that was my biggest disappointment because I really believe the Bulls, and I love that team. And I hated yeah. LeBron James at that time. And we all hated LeBron James at that time. That was when LeBron had, had stiffed Cleveland, gone to Miami. Everyone was against the big three. Everyone was against this whole thing. And it was devastating. I, that, that, I think, I, if you're listening, there's no way if you were a Bulls fan, you were not devastated by that series loss. And then player-wise, I would tell you, I think it was in McDermott's second year, third year, whatever. it's probably his second year. Oh, my God. I was at a game. I was at a game. It was like the seventh game of the year. The, the Bulls ended up winning. And I realized that Doug McDermott was a bust. <laughs> that, that was a huge disappointment. That was a huge disappointment. I, you know, it was, that was a huge disappointment because I thought McDermott was going to be – I think if people remember there too, people were excited. They got basically the best player in college basketball. It was the number 13 pick. They gave up two picks. They traded up. The Bulls were at that time still considered to be good. And everyone was excited for them to be a good team. And, oh, we got Doug McDermott. We got this great score. We got the best player in college basketball. And he was a total bust. He was a complete and utter bust. And that was disappointing. Was it this was it the fact the fact that he couldn't guard anyone, the fact that his jumper did not go down as often, the fact that he couldn't dribble the basketball, which one stood yeah, out the, to you? The the the, drib, the fact that one he couldn't dribble the basketball and he couldn't get a rebound. Like they had to so this game, the Bulls won. They won this game. I went to the game with my dad and the Bulls won the game and they were either 4 and 2 or 5 and 2. And the person who had to close out the game as a fifth starter was Etwan Moore. Etwan, they, had to play, they had to play Etwan Moore to win this game. <laughs> and I told my dad, I said, the Bulls don't have a fifth starter. They, they, they don't have a fifth player to put in the game right now. I said, Doug McDermott is a total, utter disaster. The fact that the Bulls, you think the Bulls coming in the season thought like, yeah, we need Etwan Moore to win? Yeah, you know, I said, that's a problem. And they didn't make the playoffs. That was the year they did not make the playoffs. And I said to my dad in the car, and he thought I was crazy when I said the Bulls might not make the playoffs. And he said, how could you say that? I said, well, if Jimmy Butler stays healthy all year, I think the Bulls will make it. But if he gets hurt at all, they are relying on him to do everything. I can't believe how much they're relying on, on Jimmy Butler to do everything with this team. If he goes down, I could see the Bulls going like 3-15 and 15 in a stretch without him. That's kind of what happened. That 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 level of analysis really gets me. Honestly, turns me on. That's so good. I loved I loved every bit of that. <laughs> and I, I was disappointed. I Carm knows he. We went after each other forever, and I thought McDermott was going to be good. It's crazy too. It's like if you could shoot, you could stick around because we're talking about how big big of a disappointment he'd be. He still got what like an eight figure contract from the Pacers. Yeah. Last year or before last season, he did. So it's just crazy. Uh, but but I agree. I thought he was going to be. Much, I thought he was a chance to be Corver esque with more of a scoring presence than just shooting, and none of that, none of that obviously Absolutely. panned out. And oh, he was a disaster. See, Coach A and and had some real analysis to this one, but my my thing was like, and this is uh, 
maybe a little bit too basic, but I think brilliant at the same time. Like, how often is the slow white guy out of Creighton actually turns into Larry Bird? Oh, never? Right. Okay. There's only, like, I just didn't think it was going to work. He's not going to be big enough to play in the post. He's not going to be quick enough yeah. to get his shot off. Like, this is not going to work. It, it's, it's... I, I just didn't think, like, I didn't think he was going to be a star. But that, if you recall, that draft was bad. It well, was real bad. Zach Levine and went. So, like, if he went, they got him, what, 11, 12, 13, something like that. Like, if if that was a, this year's draft, he might have went 20. And you maybe the perception's a little bit different, what he could do. But I just thought he could fill a role. I didn't expect him to be, like, an all-star. But I thought he could be fit in well, you know, have a long career. But uh, he, I guess he is having a long career. He, he is. And he went 11. I, and, and Zach went after him. And Zach was... <laughs> For the record, I mean, Zach played one year at UCLA. He played off the bench for Steve Alford. So, but if Arturis was there, ain't no way they would have taken Doug McDermott. I'm, I he would have he would have figured it out. We just did not figure things like that out. Uh, okay, let me. Let well, me they re- did. They technically did, right? They took McDermott, and then they traded for Harrison and, <laughs> and Nurkic. <laughs> That, that, right, right. Exactly. Great call. Right. That was a phenomenal – Denver was absolutely crushed it on that, on that, you know, in that draft. Okay. Uh, top five Carm disappointments. going to rip through them because nobody's going to get these. We're going to start with – we're going to start with Reggie Theus in 1983. Beto, you love this one. They – for some reason, Theus got benched. Him and Kevin Lockery were not getting along. I was at it was Bulls Sixers on a weeknight. My parents let me go. We're sitting upper mezzanine with the <laughs> with the Meadows family. Meadows family, you know, they wouldn't go to Bulls Pacers, but they would splurge for a Bulls Sixers or a Bulls Lakers or a Bulls Celtics. And somehow I got invited. And Theus is benched, and they're scr- and they're screaming for him, Reggie, Reggie. And they finally Lockery puts him in. And he drills three jumpers, that line drive Reggie Theus jumper. If you don't remember Reggie Theus, just think Zach Levine. And <laughs> so no, just think hot bikini models that were going out with him after the that, game. So I, I'm being the, the youthiest guy here. I, I remember Reggie Theus not as an NBA player, but as the star of a Saturday morning NBC yeah. team comedy called Hang Time. Because it was on after Saved by the Bell, and it was about a high school girls basketball team. That's who Reggie Theus is to me. One of the greatest looking men to ever play NBA basketball. Theus was straight GQ. The guy was unbelievable. And I loved Reggie Theus because he was the best player at the time. And then I, it was like a window into, you, you know, it's just life is unfair. Theus should be playing. And I was, just, I was a really bothered 10-year-old watching uh, the Bulls lose to Dr. J and company. When they when and Theus was was being wronged by Lockery. So Theus, Theus never played with Michael or did he? He did not. He he. Uh, where, where did he go after the Bulls? I think he went. I'll pull it up. But I think you. I think he went. Would the Bulls dynasty have started earlier. Had Theus continued on? He would. He would have helped the eighty four eighty five Bulls. That's a true story. <laughs> uh, I think he went right to Sacramento. Is what I was going to say, but that's wrong. He, okay, so he went. He left the Bulls. Uh, in 83-84, they traded him to the Kansas City Kings, who became the Sacramento Kings. And Reggie, by the way, other part of his history is that he dated Juanita Vinoy, who became Juanita Jordan, who became Juanita Vinoy after the divorce in $170 million. Oh, well, maybe that, maybe him and Jordan wouldn't have worked together. Yeah, probably not, no. But uh, 
Reggie was a good player, man. In in uh, in eighty two, eighty three, he averaged twenty four a night. And if you go back to like old Bulls videos, uh, if you do that level of YouTube, there is one like two minute and thirty second YouTube highlight of 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 Reggie and the A train, and they they they're playing the Lakers. They look like they're better than the Lakers. I mean, Theus is throwing like behind the back passes and between his leg, leave it for Gilmore throwing it down. They they were athletic. They were it was it was impressive. But okay, so that's well, not the only thing I can only thing I can say though. I can promise you, Mark. After the game, Reggie Theus had one of the great greatest times. Like. Like, he wasn't as disappointed as you were. So you know. Okay, fair enough. I mean, Re- Reggie for his career. <laughs> Is he like Mark, the Mark Grace of the Bulls, where he was going to have a fantastic that, time uh, out Reg, Reg, on Reg, Rush Street Reg, regardless? Let, let, let's put it this way. The only times I ever saw Reggie Theus, it was either after he had been with women or, you know, he was heading to be with women. So that's the only time I ever saw Reggie <laughs> well, Theus. Co- All right, co- so let's put it that way. Coach A was out of the seed back in the day. I didn't I didn't realize this, <laughs> that, that this is amazing. But Reggie, for his career, no, I, he averaged 19. He was in college coaching for a little bit. So, okay. You know, he was uh, a Final Four legend. Okay, okay. Oh, oh, I got it. All right. He averaged 18.8 with the Bulls in six years. Then he played with the Kings for five years. What did he average? 18.8. Then he went to Atlanta, 15.8. Then he went to the Nets, 18.6. And then he went to Orlando, 18.9. Averaged 18 and a half a game in, uh, what is that? That's 14 NBA seasons. That's a that's a pretty damn good career right there. Uh, all right, he's 63 years old now, Reggie Theus. So that was number one. Number two, Quinton Daly, the, when the, 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 the druggy Bulls, Quinn Daly was so incredibly talented, and I was always rooting for him to like, because he kept on like every other week. He'd be like, Quinn Daly has been suspended again because he was caught doing cocaine, and so I was I was just rooting for Q to shake his troubles. And R.I.P. By the way, made it to fifty one, and he couldn't. He would, and then when Q was on the court. Coach A, you remember this? He was incredible, Beto, at getting off his shot. He could he could fill it ben up. Ben Gordon, he, he right. He yeah, was, was Ben Gordon. He was a Ben Gordon type, except like he he did it in the mid range. Um, really, like a lot of fifteen foot shots that he somehow would just get himself free. He shot it off the glass, and they they had uh, on the old Bulls video scoreboard they, they had the animated characters, and this guy would run out with his legs, and he and he would have the cue card, like the movie thing, like ready cue scene, and he would snap the 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 cue, and then Daly would appear, and he'd shoot it off the glass, and it would be on cue. I loved Quentin Daly, and when so what was your dis- what was your disappointment? My disappointment was that they had to get rid of him because he couldn't shake his drug habit, and the guy was sitting at the oh, end okay. of the bench ordering. Uh, he was ordering sugar ropes and hot dogs from the ball boy to go to the to go to the concession stands and bring him. That's a true story. The guy, hero. I got to do that. I got what to do hero. that. I got to do that for for Kenny Norman. I had to go get him a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell that story? How's that possible? So when I was when I was when I was a manager at Pitt, um, <laughs> the the NBA would schedule one game a season in Pittsburgh, and I would get to do the, I would get to be the ball boy for those games. And so Kenny Norman was in the locker room and, you know, Illinois guy. So I started talking with him whatever. He goes, Hey man, talks to me for a little bit. And says, Go get me a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the only reason I remember as a trainer, like he wasn't allowed to do that. And so the trainer was with him and it was like, you know, you're going to get fined. Like, you know, like, like it was like, if the coach catches you, you're, you know, it was kind of like, it was a weird, it was kind of weird, but you know, speak me a hot dog. Yeah, you know, it's pretty funny. Which always a, that that thing 
always amaze me because like some guys, if you're sitting in the locker room, like, you know, media guys, you get, you get, you get, which the NBA, this access, it's, we, it's so missed right now, at least for me and my just creepiness where I want to try to get to know guys, but they would, you know, you could be in the locker room from for 45 minutes before the game. It was from five 30 to six 15. I mean, the game's at seven, you know, you're, you're in there pretty, yeah. l- pretty late. And so, some guys would just be sitting there eating hot dogs. I'm like, you're about to go play an NBA game. Is that really – that's what you're eating right now? And then other dudes would be, like, reading the business section and have a cup of coffee. And then there would be other, you know, guys who would just be actually – like David Robinson would be draped across the floor, this, you know, seven-foot, one-inch chiseled dude who's on a BOSU ball, like, getting himself loose. And I'm like, okay, all men are not created equal. I've never seen anybody look like – like, just – like wow, you are good God! You're an, just like you when you lay down in right, East Bank, right? That's right. What other people think about you. <laughs> like this is incredible. Only one other, oh, only one other thing. The, the worst guy because this goes back to the Bulls. The Bulls traded this guy to get Scotty Pippen. You remember who the Bulls traded to get Scotty Pippen? Olden Polonese. Yeah, he's the he was the worst guy I ever had to deal with. Like as far as that goes, he was just the biggest jerk. He was mean from the the moment he walked into the gym. It was like. Why am I playing this game in Pittsburgh? And he, like, the the one thing he did, he, he, he you know, they, they didn't know what they were doing in Pittsburgh, so they put Gatorade on the, they didn't put water on the ends of the bench. And so I brought Gatorade to this guy, and he threw it at me. Like, old and poly <laughs> he threw, it at he threw it at my feet. I mean, he didn't throw it at me to, like, spill all over, you know, whatever. But he, like, threw it at my feet. He, like, takes the Gatorade and throws it at my feet and, like, you know, curses, curses everybody out. God, that's a that is, I, I, I honestly, I, 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 that's such a great story. What the hell, old Apollonies? What's wrong with some game? Why we shipped him out? Yeah. Not, not, not just because we got one of the top yeah. 50 players of all time, but because he was a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> he was a total jerk. I was like, oh my God, thank God we traded this guy. We're, we're an hour deep, and I feel like you guys got to go have a life, so I'm going to say goodbye. But my other, my other three are. Uh, losing to the Pistons in six, losing to the Pistons in seven, and then I'm right with. Uh, <laughs> I'll just go to Derrick Rose driving down the lane, and that just sucked. Um, so that's how we're going to leave us. I'm supposed to have an enjoyable Sunday after that's how we finish up. Well, so, hey, right. listen. The, 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 Remember the day that Derrick Rose <laughs> you know, yeah. never well, the same again. Well, well hold on. Yeah. Let, let's like, we, like a memoriam about Derrick Rose, like how the White Sox did for Eloy Jimenez. It was like he died when he, when he fell <laughs> on the wall. That's, well, that's how I feel like we're doing with D Rose well, right now. Well, hold on. Let's just let's just take a breath and like and, and think for two years out when D Rose finally does return to the Bulls, when AK and company have put this thing together and he is a a a, a significant off the bench cog on the team that goes that finally cracks through and makes it to the NBA finals. I'll go the whole way. That that that's how it's going to end for D Rose. Now we're talking. Now and, we're talking. I, I told you I had it figured out because if we lose, we're going into last night. We had a twenty four percent of getting the top four picks. We land the top two. We get Cade or Jalen, and they're going to need a mentor. There it is. To learn them the ropes in the NBA. We saved that extra money we would have spent on Lonzo Ball to get some rim protection, maybe a two-way forward to comp- or two-way wing to complement Zach Levine. You bring in Derek, and boom. There it is. That's oh. how we enjoy our Sundays. And okay. if it doesn't happen, just 
I, I Todd want Gibson comes home too, last guy off the bench. Guys, Joe Kinoa, player coach. Boom, we're back. Todd is playing great ball for Tibbs again in New York. I, if if not, just think about the, the the rose off the glass to go up game and to go up two one. I watched it about five times the other day. It I love Mike Breen's call is amazing. Yeah. That was so much fun. At least we had that moment with everything else that happened, gentlemen. It's been a it's been a slice of Sunday morning life. I I I enjoyed every minute of it, especially the Garrett Temple part. (laughs) (laughs) I I I appreciate you guys allowing me to get off my old Apollonie story that's been festering for over thirty years. Right. I, I can't believe that in the last month, Coach has gotten me to hate Golden Polynesian and love John Stark. I can't, <laughs> can't wait for what's next. Marking it again. Oh, bang, bang, bang. Marking it. A confident stroke, and it's good. Oh, give me the hot sauce. Big shot. Lowry marking it to go up six. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. You were more comfortable tonight. It seemed like you felt confident taking some of those big shots tonight. I mean, I've been doing the same thing I do I do every day. Just trying to stay aggressive. I got the opportunity today. Gilmar with the outlet to Fierce. Look at the antelope spin. Gives it- oh! play watch reggie draw everybody to him over the shoulder and there it is boy you don't see that in his career slam road down it goes Dunleavy looking finds rose rose trying to get open fires away bang it's over the bulls win at the buzzer It still is a madhouse on Madison as Derrick Rose nails the three. And the Bulls take a 2-1 lead in this Eastern Conference semifinal. And in play to Rose at the top of the circle. Rose for the winner. Up. Yes! Yes! Win! Yes! Win on a banker at the bunker. Derrick Rose has won the ball game. The Bulls have won the ball game. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.